Welcome to Lockdown Spurs right here on the Lockdown NBA Network. I am your host, Jeff Garcia, News for San Antonio Fox 29, SanAntonio.com. Listen, your San Antonio Spurs are back in action tonight as they hit the road to take on the Boston Celtics in the final meeting of the regular season between the two teams. As you're well aware, the last time these two teams met, Boston pretty much laid down the hammer on San Antonio Spurs, just pretty crushing them. I don't even want to remember it, so let's not open old wounds. Hopefully the Spurs will get a little measure of revenge, but this time it'll be in the TD Garden. So Spurs do not fare well on the road this season, let alone the East. Only won one game versus the East Eastern Conference this season away from San Antonio. So how's it going to go down? What should we be looking at? To do that and more, I'm joined by my Locked On NBA Podcast Network brother, John Corrales. He hosts Locked On Celtics. John, welcome back to Locked On Spurs and are you enjoying your breakfast there, buddy? Hey, I just finished up, man. You you caught me <laughs> at just the right time. I finished up my breakfast. I've got my coffee now. It's <laughs> early, man. This is, you know, there's one thing that I've learned being on the beat now is the nights are late. <laughs> you know, yeah, the games go late. And uh, last night we recorded the Lockdown NBA podcast. So, mm-hmm. you know, I do, the, I do the Wednesday edition. So I had to wait for the Lakers game to end wait to see how anthony davis was after he fell so like by the time we got done with the uh with the show it's like 1 30 in the morning it's like you know what 10 a.m this is like you might as well have been waking me up at five well here's the thing you know uh, let everybody listen in right now a little thing so john gets a hold well i get a hold of john yesterday and say hey john you know it's for celtics uh, let's <laughs> do this let's do a show so i pitch a time i pitch late morning thinking that might be comfortable for him you know get a little sleep you know kind of in between so John tells me, hey, if you could do it earlier, let me know. Fine. So then I hit up John in the morning and say, hey, how about 9.15? He gets back to me and then says, yeah. oh, no, that, that's too early. No, 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 that's too early. No. Uh, I think so that I woke up at 9.05. Oh, well, there you go. Uh, but nevertheless, hey, you're here. Let's get to this. Listen, I know you got a game tonight, um, so we'll make this short and sweet. Um, look, the big news, I guess, coming from – Boston camp and that makes San Antonio Spurs fans kind of like going yes yes are you telling me there's a shot is uh Kimball Walker um it looks like um at least ahead of the game he is questionable what's the status on Kemba will he or will he not play versus San Antonio tonight it's it's really a game time decision he's missed the last three with um and uh an illness I guess Mm -hmm. the flu uh, he's listed as questionable yesterday. Uh, they listed him as questionable for tonight's game. So uh, right now, if I had to guess, uh, I mean, it's probably like a 50-50 shot that he'd play. Yeah. And, uh, you know, with the back-to-back, I'm sure they're not going to try to really wear him down. If he's just coming off of a, a flu, you know, you, you spend a, a bunch yeah. of energy just coming back, and then you're not going to be ready for tomorrow's game. The Celtics play a back-to-back against Philly in Philly. So – and they they probably want to be cautious with him. So right now it really is up in the air. Yeah, and, and if he does play, you know that's just uh, another headache for the Spurs to worry about uh, defensively. As you know, John Spurs are it's not the old Spurs teams of uh, yesterday. Uh, they rank no. near the bottom of the NBA in defense. Um, it, you know you you've been on the beat so far, and also on the NBA beat as well. Not let alone the Boston beat. Does that surprise you, knowing that a Popovich led yeah. team? Isn't at least at minimum at least t- top fifteen in the NBA in defense? They're they're at the bottom, John. 
Yeah, this is really surprising because defense is effort. Defense is just trying hard. That's why there's so many guys in the league that can't put the ball in the basket, but yet they're on NBA rosters because they're such good defenders because it's intelligence and effort. You just got to go out there and be smart about knowing your position, knowing your opponent's tendencies, and yeah. getting to those spots and forcing guys into, into uncomfortable positions. That's, I don't understand why it's not, it's not working for, for the Spurs. I mean, that, that's, that's the one thing that has always worked for the Spurs. Now, you see that their offensive rating is top 10, so they can put the ball in the basket. And we've seen Popovich teams before kind of shift to like, oh, okay, we're a good offense, so the defense is going to slip a little bit, but not – not to this degree. And I think, yeah. I really honestly, I think it's just, it comes down to like personnel, you know, like mm-hmm. LaMarcus Aldridge is not going to be a guy that can, can protect the rim every night, all night. Uh, these, these other guys, the older guys aren't going to be able to handle their defensive assignments all the time. And, and honestly, you can have four guys out there working their asses off and one guy not, and the whole defense suffers. So I think some of those personnel that the Spurs have is really bringing the whole thing down. Yeah, I, I've been um, uh, been asked that a lot. Like, why is the Spurs defense so horrible this season? And uh, I really believe this. You're still seeing the ripple effects of Kawhi Leonard leaving um, the team uh, as constructed. I think was probably built with him in mind moving forward. Never did they think they're going to have Demar Derozan, a guy who just doesn't have a reputation for defense. Um, and then lose Danny Green in the process, and then get a very right. young young hurdle. Uh, you know, I think that just threw everything off. And you're seeing a roster that I think was made f- more for Kawhi Leonard in mind. But as they move forward, uh, the Spurs are trying to cobble something together. And yes, their record is below 500, but lately they've been playing a lot better. Uh, getting into tonight's game, John, is it's. It's almost like the Celtics, not record-wise, but at least win-loss-wise, are coming from different ends of the spectrum. You have San Antonio upsetting Milwaukee, of all teams, and just rushing them. And then your team is coming into tonight's game, losing to the Wizards, but yet your team is 25-9. and Um, What happened in that last game versus Washington? Well... Um, I think there's a combination of things. I think the Celtics playing three games in four nights was the the shaky foundation for that loss. Uh, they came in against a Washington team that was missing like literally half its team. And then they find out before the game that Bradley Beal isn't playing. Mm-hmm. And it, all of a sudden, and you've seen it so many times in the NBA, you get that news and guys – in that situation, in that third game in four nights or in a back-to-back, like they say, oh, well, we don't even have to try. You know, they're missing half their team. They don't have Bradley Beal. We don't have to try. We're good. You go out and then you not try. And meanwhile, on the other side, Washington, they find out that they don't have Bradley Beal. You would think that that's deflating, but all that means Mm -hmm. is a guy who doesn't play normally gets minutes. And when you don't normally get minutes and suddenly you start to get a ton of minutes, when you're Ish Smith and you don't normally get to be the featured scorer and now you get to be a featured scorer, yeah, that you're, mm-hmm. you're going to try. You're going to try super hard. So yeah. you've got that effort. Just like I just said with the, with the defense, 
The NBA is 30 teams. It's 450 of the best players amongst billions of people in the world. They're, the difference between good team and bad team is not as wide as you think. And if one team isn't trying and the other team is, then that immediately levels a lot of the talent gap. So right. the Celtics came out there and didn't try very hard. Washington did. And then the Celtics just never got to switch it into like fourth or fifth gear to, to really get past. They came back and tied it. They was tied at 80-80 with like seven minutes to go. And they could just never hit that gas again. Washington called a timeout, went on like an 8-0 run. It was, it was mm-hmm. over. So yeah, that that's and you know without Kemba, Kemba has been their leading scorer in the first quarter now lately. Mm-hmm. Uh, without him to kind of be the energy guy, then they they just they just didn't have it. Well, there's nothing like the TD Garden, especially um, for your team, John, uh, because uh, Boston plays well at home uh, overall. I believe they're 14 and two, and they're undefeated at home versus Western Conference team. So that's got to put a smile on your face, John. Sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there's nothing like uh, there's nothing like waking up in your own bed, playing mm-hmm. in front of that home crowd. Like like I said, in that situation, like the Washington game, when it's 80-80 and you need a boost, getting that crowd, get, hitting that shot to tie it at 80 and looking up and seeing all of that, that green and having that crowd and hearing your that PA announcer calling out your name, that – is a much different scenario that just gives you that boost of adrenaline mm-hmm. so that that helps a lot for to, to be at home versus being on the road now, you know, the only fear that i have here is that the celtics might be looking past because they've got like i said the back-to-back against philly tomorrow mm-hmm. so i i'm hoping that from the celtics perspective that they can focus on the task at hand and not say oh the spurs there's another team we don't have to try against uh yeah and, and look they've, they've started out slow in the last three games and they've had to fight to beat Atlanta. They had to fight to beat Chicago They had to fight to beat, uh, they, they had to fight just to be in the game against Washington. So um, it's, it's a little concerning there from, from my perspective. Well, heading into tonight's game. Uh, well, let me just tell you this, John, brace yourself. LaMarcus Aldridge is hitting threes now. Amazing, isn't it? LaMarcus Aldridge is now becoming slowly but surely one of the more consistent three-point shooters for San Antonio. Uh, He's made at least minimum one in the last four or five games for San Antonio. He had a uh, career-high four makes in one game uh, in in, uh, one of the recent games for San Antonio. How does that present an issue for Boston tonight? Well, anytime you get a guy that's hot out from three, uh, that that spreads the defense. Um, the Celtics, I think, are are they've struggled a bit to uh, defend the three point line. And if Lamarcus Aldridge is going to go out there like he did, what was it against Milwaukee, where yeah, he went four so, for yeah. seven? Yeah. Uh, if he's going to go out there and be hitting those. I, <laughs> That that certainly certainly spreads the the, the floor. Uh, I, I'm wondering if the Celtics might not just try to live with that yeah, and say that's what I was thinking. Um, that that's not necessarily your strong suit. I mean, you're you're hot from there, but like 
he's he's not been a three point shooter. He had had like last year he shot what twenty four percent. Well, the year before that he shot twenty nine percent. So okay, so this year he's hot from three. And maybe you say, all right, fine. If Lamarcus Aldridge is going to take threes, then we're just going to we're still going to clamp down on everyone else, and we're not going to let the other Spurs beat us. We're not going to let Derek White or or yeah. you know Lonnie Walker or whomever is in this. I don't know who they're going to end up starting, but we're not going to let those guys drive and kick. We're we're just going to pack the paint, and we're going to run other guys off the three point line. And if Lamarcus Aldridge is the guy who gets the threes, then then so be it. Um, I, if they overreact to LaMarcus Aldridge getting three pointers, then, you know, the, the next step is him getting, you know, maybe assists and, and you don't want LaMarcus yeah. Aldridge getting assists. So, uh, it'd be interesting to see the impact of that. I mean, it's a, it's a nice, it's a nice wrinkle for, for the mm-hmm. Spurs and it goes to show why that their, their offense is in the top 10. Yeah. But, um, I, I think, I think the Celtics, the, the Celtics number one focus against the Spurs is to try to force turnovers and get out in transition and see if they can't like take advantage of Aldridge being slow and, and, and maybe just getting out there and, and, and just try to get some easy points. Yeah. I guess that, um, well, getting that win versus Milwaukee in San Antonio, the Spurs made a season high 93 point shots. Um, so that was a season high. So but they far. don't take uh, threes. Like that's generally the Spurs well, thing. Like they, they've, they make them, but they don't take a ton of them. Well, if uh, you're looking at the sample size we have for this season, starting from October to now, their their three point makes per game have spiked. I think they're around 11 or 12 per game as we speak. That is a direct uh, opposition to what they did in the beginning of the season, where they're barely making about four, three to four. Also, their percentage has gone up from about 34 percent to now at least through three games for the Spurs in January to 43%. So there's been a progression to that. Pop hates it. He's openly admitted that he doesn't like the three-ball game, but he, it is what it is. That is the NBA, and it looks like he's at least encouraging them to uh, let it fly. Now, John, um, recently uh, the head coach for the Hawks, uh, Pierce, um, had some, uh, jokingly, had some uh, fun time with uh, Jalen Brown and, he sent out a sarcastic <laughs> message saying, hey, thank you, Popovich, for making Jalen Brown much better over the summer. How has Jalen Brown used what Popovich um, taught him over the summer to now? Have you seen that since you cover the team uh, pretty much daily? Yeah. So what we saw in Team USA was Jalen Brown much more at the four. Um, he, he was setting picks. Uh, a lot more for Team USA, uh, which they've they've started to use a bit this season. Um, I think Brad Stevens came into this season very excited to start using Jalen Brown a little bit more at that four spot, or at least you know when you, you go out there and you throw Kemba Walker out there with Tatum, Brown, and Hayward, who's the two? Who's the four? Like they're all basically the same size guy. So, yeah. but what? What Brown has been able to do is is mix it up a little bit, like I said, set those picks, and the biggest thing is be aggressive and take advantage of the way the defense plays Kemba and Tatum, especially. You, you know, you've got Kemba Walker out there who can hit shots like in a heartbeat, like come down and drill two three threes in a, in a row. 
Jason Tatum can can create his own offense and hit you know, like two or three threes in a row as well. Hayward is obviously dangerous, but when those two guys are are the focus, and Jalen Brown ends up getting single covered, he can really take advantage. He's he's improved his handles a bit. He's been able to knock down catch and shoot threes, and he's been able to kind of play out of the post. Mm-hmm. And if they use him in a pick and roll situation when you know that they're blitzing Kemba, well, you throw now you throw Jalen Brown in there as the pick setter, and all of a sudden he gets the ball in space, and he can attack, and he, his passing has gotten better, so he can attack, and then if the, he gets into the lane and creates some of that gravity in the lane and draws a defender or two, mm-hmm. then he can kick it out for the three. So having him be able to, to be the pick setter and play in space that way has been a huge thing, and, and a lot of that started in Team USA, both learning the the ropes and having the confidence to do that. You're welcome, Celtics fans. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, you're, uh, and hopefully, um, we'll look, uh, you know, Popovich, and uh, we'll be back at it this summer yeah, for the summer games. And I, I think is – I'm not too sure. Are the guys that played with him this past summer – they're not locked in for this coming summer, so there's there's a chance that maybe Brown won't even play, right? So, um, you mean for Team USA? For Team USA, like the like the men's national team for the summer games this this. Summer. Yeah, I mean, there's I don't I don't think that right. There's, I don't think so. I mean, yeah, yeah. So I mean, those guys could play. Um, mm-hmm. It's possible. Yeah. Well, we shall see. I, I mean, I don't know. Like, you know, this is this is one of those scenarios where they, you know. The, the guys who didn't play last year are all going to want to play this year. You know, mm. this is like the, cause the Olympics. So, yeah. but you know, I, if I'm, if I'm pop, I, I wouldn't mind taking like a couple of those role player type of guys because mm. they're going to be like, they're, you're going to need, you're going to need a couple of those guys. So you have your stars, yeah. you have, you know, take your four or five stars, but like, why not have like, you need a couple of shooters, you need a couple of guys, versatile guys. Sure. So, I, I could see Jalen Brown doing that. He could be potentially wow. an all-star this year. So it's like, it's not, it's not out of the question. Yeah. Well, the, if that happens again, Papa, you'll probably give him another um, treat, something to work on. And you'll see him maybe next season <laughs> in Boston. Uh, when we get back, John and I continue our chat about your Spurs against his Celtics. <laughs> We are back, and I'm joined by John Corrales. He is the host of Locked On Celtics and the uh, Celtics beat writer for Mass Live. John, you really come come a long way since your days at Red Army. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> I've I've fooled quite a few many people uh, <laughs> to to get me into into this. It's it's been a lot of fun, man. Um, it was definitely a lot of work, but I'm, mm-hmm. I'm glad to be out there and. You know, it's a different life. I got to tell you, traveling with the team and and being on the road and, and like, t- tonight going to the game, having to cover all of this, write mm-hmm. stories after the game, then come back, record a podcast, <laughs> sleep, get up, and fly to Philadelphia for a game tomorrow night. I mean, that's – those quick turnarounds, like, really kind of, like, hit you. Like, wow, man, this is, <laughs> this is a wild – this is a wild gig. But yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. Yeah, and then of course there's also uh, getting um, I don't want to say called out, but mentioned by Brad Stevens 
uh, during uh, media <laughs> sessions. So I remember that. I remember I was watching that. I was like, did he just say John's name? I, I caught me yeah. by surprise. So I uh, bet that was kind of Brad is Brad is good about knowing everybody's name. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and uh, you know, every once in a while, he'll, he'll drop somebody's name in an answer. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't, I, I don't know the pattern yet. Cause <laughs> I, I, but he'll, he'll, every once in a while, it's not just me, but he'll kind of be like, yeah, you know, like when Adam Himmel's box said of the Boston Globe said, so he's like, you know, Adam, that's a good question. And like, when you get, <laughs> when you get the name and yeah. the good question, that's that you get your balls busted for that afterwards in the media room. Like, Ooh, good question. I, good I, question. I bet you do, John. And I probably, I probably have it to you a few times already this season. Um, John, tonight again, Boston, San Antonio hooking up for the last time this regular season. And I look at the East and I see a lot of shine to Milwaukee and I get it. You know, there's Giannis and the record and blah, blah, blah. And I see a lot of shine to Philadelphia, you know, their ups and downs and what's going on. Why are they even better? But, oh my God, they have Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. And I see the love for Miami. Why doesn't Boston get that love? <laughs> um, maybe because Boston got that love last year and didn't know what to do with it. Um, huh. I, I, I think so part of it, you've got Giannis, who's the superstar. He's yeah. like the face of the league now. Mm-hmm. Like him, LeBron, Anthony Davis. Like there's a um, – th- he's the star. So that's one. Philly is like th- who's next? They've got Embiid. So you get the star power. And that's mm-hmm. kind of been like everybody's it's, – it's Embiid, it's Philly versus Milwaukee. So those, those two – have been like the head-to-head, everybody pay attention. And once you've established that those guys are the number two, like once, a me- once the media does have a narrative in mind, it's hard to shake that because when you're wrong, you start to write pieces about, well, what went wrong? And instead of just like, oh, let's, well, so who else is good? So there's a lot of focus on Philly, whether good or bad, the focus is going to be there. Miami gets a lot of focus because they weren't supposed to be there. So they're mm-hmm. the surprising team. So that becomes a, uh, a, a like, wow, this is a shiny object over here. Mm-hmm. Now, Boston is kind of like in the middle where I think most people thought they were going to be. Like second, third in the East, third maybe. Um, so like, oh, they're second for now, but that's all right. Like they're good. They're, mm-hmm. they're not – necessarily seen as a great team they're they're seen as a piece away so like you have like yes miami they're they're awesome and philly yeah we knew philly was going to be a problem and and they've got some interesting things going on there boston's boston they're about what we thought they were oh my god look at miami so it's very (laughs) easy to kind of brush past boston in that scenario now if boston if, if boston was the number one seed then people, I think, because they would be the surprising team. I think they'd be paying attention. And I'll be honest with you, the guys in the locker room are perfectly fine with this. Mm-hmm. They're perfectly fine with letting it lay low. They're, there's enough attention, but not too much attention. So I think they're, they're comfortable with where they are. Well, speaking of being comfortable, Boston is definitely comfortable on the offensive end. John, and I'm pretty sure you know this, uh, your Celtics, they're undefeated this season where they shoot 50% or better. I think for me, I think that just goes 
down to the nitty gritty tonight that the Spurs have to do something that they're not good at tonight, and that's playing defense. Um, it seems to me, John, with the the Celtics, and uh, you're you're the expert in this area, not me. But it looks like when their offense is clicking is when they get their games and they get their Ws, more so than their defense. Am I reading this wrong? No, you're not. Um, it's, it's, it's about right. Um, because the Celtics, and, I and, think. And I bring this up. Yeah. I don't mean to cut you off, but because when I was digging deeper into this, uh, uh, you know, to talking with you, Boston is also 24 and four when they score over 100 points. It seems to me when their offense is going, they could be a juggernaut. Yeah, the, the the thing is, when, when their offense is really clicking, then they get the energy for uh, for the on the defensive end, uh, yeah. and and they've said numbers a number of times, and this is natural; it's human nature. It happens on every NBA team to some degree. I feel like these guys might be a little bit more susceptible to it mm-hmm. when the shots aren't falling; they hang their heads a little bit, and that impacts their defense. So mm-hmm. when the Celtics are are missing shots early, there's an opportunity for it to have like a double negative impact because not only are you not scoring, but then you come back and you're kind of like, oh, man, I can't believe I missed that. Sh- oh, what? There goes my guy. He's gone. Um, mm-hmm. So I think if, if you see the Celtics missing a couple of shots, there's an opportunity for the Spurs to come out on a 10-2 run to, right. because they, they get discouraged. Uh, it's a bad habit, and I think somehow Brad Stevens and the coaching staff need to kind of break that. But if they come out and they hit their first couple of shots, then what ends up happening is they really bear down on defense because they want to mm-hmm. defend because they want to get the ball back. You know, like when you're hot, you go out there like, oh, yeah, I want to get this steal because I want to go out there and score again. So mm-hmm. it, it definitely gives you a little bit more juice. So uh, when when they're cooking – and they can really cook. When If Kemba's back and you've got the full complement and Daniel Tice is out there setting picks and, and spacing the floor because he's a threat from three, then I, I think they, they become very, very dangerous because they, they can move quickly, they can pass quickly, they can cut. Uh, they've got so many guys that do so many different things, but they're all also very, very similar. It's hard to defend if they're all, if they're all clicking. Yeah, and... Um... You know, unlike uh, Boston for San Antonio. Um, now, to be fair, San Antonio has improved a bit despite their record. They're they're actually they're they've always been one of the better teams in the NBA this season when it comes to rebounding. But it's not only getting better. I think they're as of right now this season they're averaging uh, through three games of January uh, one of their highest rebounding averages uh, this season. We I mentioned the three point shooting. Their percentage has gone up. Their makes have gone up on average. Um, their block shots have gone up average. So you're starting to see them uh, at least kind of get it. And that's one thing that um, the players have talked about pre and post game, even with some of their bad losses, even against the bad loss against uh, Boston earlier this season, they just said time is needed. Time is needed. Um, this is, this is a brand new team, you know, new pieces. And a lot of fans were coming into to this season for San Antonio saying, well, why? why? I mean, pretty much everybody's back. Hmm. Not really. Because you have DeJounte coming back. You had to, you know, at, at least at that time, it was, you know, well, DeMar Carroll's here, but he hasn't, hasn't been playing this uh, season. There's Jakob Pertl, who was going to take a, a bigger role. And so far, we've been seeing that. And then, of course, there's been some addition, some more like subtractions 
by addition, there's a bad play of Marco Bellinelli, who's now been relegated to deep in the bench. That just shows you, John, like how your Celtics and my Spurs, how time is needed. And sometimes patience wins out and you get these teams on the right page. Right, John? Yeah, look, it's, it's tough. It's tough in the West for sure, because that time that you need costs you positioning. Mm-hmm. But we saw it last year with the Spurs. It's the same type of thing. Um, and that's why when you listen to so many of these podcasts or TV shows and people mm-hmm. talk about the Spurs, they go, are you ready to count the Spurs? They go, uh, yeah. not quite. <laughs> um, and, and the Spurs looked so bad earlier mm-hmm. that I think some people were like, all right, all right, fine, I'm ready. And even then, I'm, I'm still not ready. I, I don't think that they're, they're going to compete for a championship or the conference finals or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But they, do, they are dangerous. They are forever dangerous. Um, you know, use whatever analogy you want, like the, the injured animal that's going to fight when it's cornered, the, you know, the boxer with the puncher's chance. Uh, you know, they, they are – they have talent. They have the coaching. Um, there's, like I said earlier, there's some personnel that I think really holds the team back. Um, mm-hmm. But if they all get it together, or if the if the team decides to somehow pull the trigger and get rid of some of that personnel that's holding them back, <laughs> they could they could be very 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 dangerous. And and I'll always fear a Spurs team. All right. Well, there you go. Well, hopefully the Spurs show no fear tonight versus Boston. Uh, when we get back, John and I are going to put a wrap on this episode of Locked on Spurs, including how he sees tonight game uh, going down. We are back, and I'm joined by John Corrales. He is the host of Lockdown Celtics and Celtics beat writer for Mass Live. John, what is your Twitter handle? That's at RedsArmy underscore John. Simple as that. Give John a follow. He has mad respect for the Spurs. So um, if you're a Spursman out there, uh, he'll be worth the follow, even though he covers the Celtics. Uh, so he's always been very proud to say the Spurs have been one of his favorite teams uh, since I've known him, and that's a long, long time I've known John. So, <laughs> uh, I want to say it hasn't been that long, but it has. It has. It's a long it really, time. really has. Yeah, because when John and I do meet up uh, to hang out, there were, I remember John and I used to burn the midnight oil to the bitter end. Now we're like, it's one. Yeah. <laughs> Two so, drinks and I'm uh, tired. Exactly. All right, John. Um, how do you see tonight's game going down? Well, I, I think the Celtics, uh, you, I think you might have caught the Celtics maybe at a bad time. Uh, after that loss to Washington, I, I think there, there's going to be a, a little bit more focus on mm-hmm. – on this game, I, I don't think they're going to have two kind of bad games in a row. Uh, so I think coming home, getting this win, uh, I think is going to be uh, a priority for some of these guys. So they, they, I don't think they like the idea of if we don't have Kemba, we can't score in the first quarter. So I think there might be a little bit more ball movement if they don't have Kemba. And now, of course, if Kemba comes back, that changes yeah. the dynamic completely too. He, you know, he's, if he's back, then he'll be fresh. Uh, and that changes the substitution pattern and all of that stuff. So um, I, I think 
I, I think the Celtics kind of pull away in the second half of this game. Um, so I, I think the Celtics probably win by double digits. Yeah, heading into tonight's game, I believe um, Boston is favored by six and a half points. So Vegas is saying six and a half close game. I believe it's six and a half. Yeah, six, six and a half, six, something like that. So, and I think that has a lot to do with Kemba not playing as of right now. Yeah, questionable. I, so, um, if I if I had a few bucks, I'd probably throw it on the Celtics. Yeah, I was. You read my mind. I was saying, if you have a few bucks, maybe you might want to put it um, on Boston. But nevertheless. Uh, as for me, yeah, I think the Spurs this season, they have not fared well on the uh, road. I believe four games away from San Antonio and then let alone one game uh, win over an East team. You're playing against the Celtics teams that, yeah, is mad about how they probably lost. Uh, well, no, they probably are mad about, you know, the loss to the Wizards. For me, everything hinges on Kemba. You know, if he comes back, um, I think that's going to be more headaches. Uh, the Spurs um, defense, you know, it's not that great. And let alone, even if he doesn't play, the Spurs this season have issues with guys like your Tatums and your Jalen Browns. Um, so as much as this is locked on Spurs, you, you know, I, I do think the Spurs probably drop one tonight. I don't think it'll be a, a blowout in the last game, John. I do disagree with you there. I think it'd be a lot closer. This team is starting to click a little bit. I think they're going to give Boston some a little bit of a scare. And I think it comes down to that fourth quarter. Um where I think Boston will pull away. And that crowd, I, I know that Boston crowd personally, it gets rowdy in there, John. You should be because, proud of that. Good Lord. But, yeah, I mean, look, it's, it, can get, it can get really, really loud in that building. Um, it's, funny, it's funny to be on the road and go to some buildings where it's not, and you're like, what, what is wrong here? Well, I'll tell you, like, Indiana <laughs> is, is a, a, a building, like, I love the building, but like I'm sitting there in Indiana, watching the scoreboard go like make noise, make noise, and like nobody, nobody was clapping, nothing. Like they were totally ignoring. Like you're not even you're not even giving like the scoreboard noise thing a go. Like it was <laughs> is bad. So it, it, you appreciate uh, how some of the louder buildings, how loud they get. Like I mean, it, the Spurs Spurs home games get loud too. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. You appreciate it takes that. A, it takes Spurs fans a little while to get into the game, but eventually they do get loud and they get a little rowdy. Uh, but that you know that surprised me. You said about Indiana. I I did not. I wouldn't think that. I thought the Indiana crowd would be an Indiana crowd. You know, Hoosiers and yay and Boston, Indiana basketball. Uh, wow. I mean, I'm not there for 82 games. So I'm there. I was there, but I mean, I was there for the playoffs. I was there for a couple regular season games. Like it's. It was, eh, they got into it late, but like it took like till the fourth quarter for them to get into it. Oh, there you go. All right, John, one more time. Uh, your Twitter handle just for the fans who want to give you a follow Reds Army underscore John. And and, and for Locked On Celtics, it's just Locked On Celtics at LO Celtics. Okay, at LO Celtics. There you go. Give uh, John a follow, subscribe to. Lockdown Celtics, or just simply follow Lockdown Celtics. John would appreciate that. But for John Corrales, oh, hey, what about me? Sorry, I almost put a wrap on this show too soon. You can follow me on Twitter at Jeff G Spurzel. Go to the Spurs on News San Antonio, Fox 29 and subscribe to Lockdown Spurs wherever you get your favorite podcast. So now for John Corrales, I am Jeff Garcia. We're going to put a lock on this episode of Lockdown Spurs. Mm-hmm.